0: Hello. Hi. Okay, so I'm actually very excited because we both just watched Pose.
1: I have so much to say about Pose.
0: Okay, the first thing I'm going to say is that I'm worried. I loved it. Me too. And I'm really nervous because it's not the first time that I've ever loved a Ryan Murphy pilot. So I'm nervous that like this will be another one that just like slowly goes downhill.
1: I totally agree with you that the whole time I was like, this is so fucking good. It's going to go downhill because it's a Ryan Murphy show. But he doesn't write it. He's just the creator and like executive producer and he's like in the writers room but he's mostly directing it mm-hmm. and as we know his strongest suit is directing. Very true. And when he like tries to write things they just end up all like plot holey. And the fact that it's Janet Mock writing it and like Brad Falchuk is doing a lot of the writing and like a lot of queer and trans people of color in the writers room that gives me hope because that makes me think he's being like okay I'm going to let other
0: people do the part I'm bad at and I'm gonna do the part I'm good at which is directing you could definitely like smell the Janet Mock all over it which um gosh. yeah yeah <laughs>
1: Janet Mock is the love of my life.
0: I mean, I could talk forever about how much I loved it. But when Evan Peters showed up, there was like a like a shot of just Evan Peters in like the elevator or something. And I clocked the time and it was literally 30 minutes until the first white person was on screen. Totally. Yeah. And I was like, oh, wow, this is a huge step up. It, It just like went from zero to 100 when Kate Mara showed up.
1: I forgot she was in it. And then suddenly she appeared as Evan Peters' wife. And I was like, (laughs) <laughs> what
0: <laughs> me too i fully knew that she was in it but had completely forgotten when i hit play and then when she showed up i was like well i love this show when they're in the rainbow room and she has that monologue oh my god it's, yeah. every time a monologue on television starts with like i remember when i was six
1: <laughs> and i would fantasize <laughs> about yeah
0: <laughs> yeah i'm immediately like well i love this <laughs> I love K. Mara so much. But speaking Evan, Peters- of Evan
1: Peters. What a true shock that he works for Trump. Yes. The first shot of Trump Tower, I was like, oh, haha, ha, Trump Tower in the 80s. And then it suddenly was like, oh, we're actually going all in on this Trump plot line. And my question is, is Trump going to make an appearance and who will play him? I will really love it if he's never on the show. Me too. But I think because it's a Ryan Murphy joint, we can probably guess that there will at some point be some random white boy
0: playing Trump in the 80s. Oh, for sure. There were couple things that i didn't like about the direction but one of them was that because of the way that it's costumed and because of where we are today in fashion i completely forgot that it took place in the 80s it just like wasn't grungy enough and i was like that's washington square park today
1: yeah, exactly. I was like, that building in the background is not in the 80s. Like, this just looks like Washington Square Park today, which I get because it's not like they could just clear
0: out Washington Square Park. But, like... Okay, so the thing that I don't like about the direction is that the whole opening sequence, when they're robbing the museum, which, what a way to start a show. Yeah, really. Genuinely loved that sequence. <laughs> was I was like, oh, this is shot exactly like Scream Queens. <laughs> okay. like if you go back and watch it the way that the camera moves and the shots that they've chosen to use I was like this is Scream Queens and then after a little bit I was like there's something really special about this show in the hearts of Ryan Murphy stands and it's that this show could not have artistically taken place if all of the shows before it hadn't happened because there's like bits of glee and bits of feud and bits of Scream Queens and I feel like he's been learning and it's all been leading to this yeah I agree I cried I, I got i got like teary-eyed during want to dance with somebody
1: okay here's what i want to say about that this is like such a weird thing for me to have noticed but that was my favorite scene because i feel like there's always like an audition sequence or like a in every pilot there's like a musical moment not i mean not like every pilot like i'm sure there's not one in like the pilot of the americans but like in every pilot like this there's a musical moment and there's never like the full song Mm -hmm. and that's a long song it's like a six minute song they're not just doing a cut from it they're showing us like that this boy can dance this entire arc that was a moment for me where i was like oh this show is like really telling a story in a way that like a lot of shows don't and just the fact that like i don't remember what his name is because i don't know anyone's name but like the the boy and the dean and like the the white people all like went on full journeys in that song which i thought was like really exciting and impressive
0: okay so the three moments that i loved from it one that it was just like a clear call back to flash dance
1: obviously yeah
0: two i loved the experience as an audience member that i had where i in the beginning was like okay like you're not bad but this is not a good audition and then he realized it because he was trying to be someone he wasn't and then yeah. he- just like wasn't incredibly himself, but he was like more himself and kept dancing. And the thing that I liked about the choreography, and I clocked the choreographer at the end, is that he wasn't like a dance prodigy. It wasn't like this will now become a dance show because he's so good. It was just like, oh, he's a really good beginner that needs school and needs the technique and training. Where they very easily could have done like a full blown like, oh my god, he's incredible dance sequence. And then the end, how it wasn't like. And then he got in where she went on. Yes, he had the moment with him she hugged him and i literally yelled at the screen but did he get in (laughs) um i also didn't know that mj was gonna be like the lead
1: oh yeah that was a true shock my favorite part of the episode was her monologue about how her mom was like i see that little girl like coming into your room at night oh yeah and then when the mom's like i'm glad you're not one of those like sinful gays and she's like i'm not gay but like i'm not your son i'm your daughter and i really liked that because it was very like a lot of people who this might be their first experience with like trans culture and like the difference between like a trans woman and a drag queen i feel Mm -hmm. like that's a moment for a lot of people that they might be like oh that's something new for me to think about Mm -hmm. like people who just watch fx and are and are are like oh this is something new i guess i'll just watch it you know
0: my favorite monologue of hers was when she went to the teacher and she she said that it was the it was one part of the monologue where she said something about and i'm gonna misquote it he's so down on himself that soon he will never be able to see any good parts of himself it will all be bad and then it connected at the end of the dance when he just like bent over the, the bar in the back of the room and was breathing and like you could see in his face that he thought that he fucked up and that he was not good it just like struck a chord with me and i thought that it was very nice okay so the only thing that i like could do without is the whole evan peters plotline.
1: okay that's my favorite plot line <laughs> mostly because that scene in the hotel room where like evan peters picks up the girl and they like go back to the hotel room and yeah oh i just want to talk that to me was a completely revolutionary and unique scene that i have like literally never seen before a trans woman of color sex worker who is the protagonist of that scene and not evan peters as the protagonist of the scene the fact that it is not like she is totally treated with respect and i mean like by the filmmaker not by evan peters it was like a really interesting example i think of something that we are going to talk about later in this season it's not about what story is told it's about the way it's told there are a million stories about trans women of color who are sex workers and like just trans white women who sex workers and the fact that like that is a story that can be very like eye-rolly and like when she was a sex worker I was like let's see but then the fact that it's trans women of color in the writer's room telling that story with respect and like authenticity of experience I think really like made it something really special and I was like really excited to see how that plot line evolves because again it's a good example of people who don't know anything wa- might watch it and be like oh like this is a sex worker who is a trans woman of color and is just a person
0: Yeah, I felt the same way with the scene where the gay kid got kicked out of his house. There was something really uncomfortable about it because of how it was done. Because I was like, oh, this is something that we see in so much media. But it was just so well done and well executed. And especially by all three actors where I was like, there's something different about this. I don't want to say that it was more serious than I've ever seen those kinds of scenes where a family like disowns their child for being different. It was just done so well. And I, I was very shocked.
1: Especially the coda at the end of the mom coming out and be, not coming out, but like leaving the house and being like, you think the way that story is going to go is she comes to him and she's like, I'm so sorry or whatever. But she, the way she just like hits him and is like, I told you not to do this and you did. So
0: now you're gone. That's it. The writing was so specific there where you were led to believe one thing and then, but it doesn't, it's not like, aha, I tricked you. It's yeah. just very genuine. Okay. So let me clarify why I didn't like the Evan Peters plot. It was because every time it cut to it, I was is like no i i'm more like i get let me get back to the other plot okay yeah sure like i think that that was a plot i fully acknowledge that like putting the hotel room scene so early in the first episode was shocking but i would rather have seen that in episode two and mainly focused on evan peters because the episode was so focused on mj and like the ball scenes they were so good i'm very nervous that they will get boring
1: the voguing battle between the two houses i was like full body chills the whole time even though like there were like the funny moments the moments of the guy being like what now and i'm just being like keep voguing idiot i was just so chills the whole time because i was like this is so visually stunning and also so amazingly done that so much is happening without a single word being spoken all of these plot lines are like happening
0: through dance speaking of dance i loved i think it was the opening shot of just like the hands
1: oh my god yeah
0: and then i loved the scene at the pier Because I was like, oh, that's a huge part of the culture that has not been brought up in this episode yet. The one thing that I really appreciated in the writing is that it is pinning the two mothers against each other in a very positive way. Like, it wasn't like, I don't like the way that you're mothering these people, so I'm going to go do it my way. There was the line where MJ even said... It's time for me to do this and I need to make a name for myself as opposed to like, I don't like you. Yeah. Which I think was like a very smart way to do it.
1: Okay, last two things I want to say about Pose are quick. I could not believe when the guy walks to the dance studio and Hallelujah Junction is playing. I literally left off my couch because I was like, why is that just like the gay song now?
0: I want to make a statement. Oh, I think that the music in Pose is some of the best music on television. I agree like the way that it's used and the way that it's edited and at the end I watched the full credits just to see who the music producer was and who did the music and it's literally three people but maybe 20 minutes into the episode I was like this is the best music on any Ryan Murphy tv show aside from Glee
1: and then the last thing that I think is really important to say is who we are on Pose just from the first episode <laughs> okay so first I wrote obviously I'm Billy Porter because of the line where the guy was like are do you ever walk and he's like oh no 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 I'm too old for that but I I'm still an icon or whatever. (laughs) Yeah. But then I was like, maybe I'm the evil house mother, like the antagonist.
0: Yeah. You're definitely the other mother. Yeah. But I also see you as the doctor.
1: I love the fact that you were like, hmm, a woman focused on the AIDS crisis. <laughs> well, <laughs> guess we know who that is.
0: There was a line that they said where I was like, oh, that's a sharp line. And then I was like, oh, they are very much like placing it in the time. And it's the line where she's like, oh, you can tell who they are down yeah. here.
1: And then the cut to like MJ's reaction to that took my breath away. And
0: I am very interested to see how deep into that they go. I didn't clock the year at the beginning of the episode, but then when she gave her the forms in the doctor's office and she was like there are drugs there's azt and i was like okay i have like a gauge now she said that and i was like great early 80s i'm very curious as to what happens also i loved the f line because it's literally not even a plot but just like the arc of the cops in the episode That they, like, are immediately on catching them from stealing these yeah, artifacts. Yeah, they think they were, like, already there. To knowing exactly where they were going. Yeah. <laughs> to just walking in and tossing a few chairs aside. And then, like, playing into taking them all out in handcuffs. And then the, like, line later where they were, like, oh, they're not going to press charges because the museum wouldn't want it out there that yeah. we just, like, stole all this stuff. <laughs>
1: You're right, it is an F line. So
0: well, I can't wait to see what happens to the cops next.
1: <laughs> wait, so who are you in
0: pose? Very obvious choice. I think I'm the gay guy, solely because of his self-confidence and, like, the scene at the end. I was like, oh, this is really striking some chords. I also, he's really cute. He
1: is. And I, at first, was like, oh, I wonder if this is going to be, like, a plot, if he's going to be, like, a main character. And then when he stuck around, I was like, this is probably not going to be great for Robert because he's
0: real cute. Yeah, I'm very nervous. I'm very nervous for him to get a boyfriend because I know that's gonna happen pretty quick
1: there's an equal number of people on the show for you to be attracted to and me to be attracted to
0: yes oh oh okay so my last thought is that the one thing that i think the writers did very well that i really want to point out is that it never felt like anything was being explained to me however (laughs) they still explained everything yeah like i could show that to anybody who hasn't seen paris is burning or know what any of that is about and there are those quick lines where mj was like this is a ball and this is how it works and she doesn't really go into detail but you get it yeah and and especially like when describing parts of the trans community like there's the line where she's like all i can do is hope that i pass and then there's two sentences after that with like three quick shots here's how she passes every day. And I was like, oh wow, you just explained passing to everybody. I'm very interested. I can't wait for Sunday.
1: So now that we've talked about Pose for literally 20 minutes, (laughs) the gay cakes
0: thing happened. Okay, so I'm confused and also not confused at the same time. Same. Because how I take it is that it's not a win and it's also not a lose that they basically were just like a lower court mishandled this. So we have to focus on that issue.
1: Yeah, that's sort of what I got from it too because they never said it's not. Not discrimination or like it is discrimination or like cakes are freedom of speech. They were just like, in this particular case, the baker gets his rights.
0: It was weird. It was like the baker was discriminated against by the court because one of the lower courts did not appreciate his religious stance.
1: Yeah. And they said they used impermissible hostility
0: toward the baker, which is my memoir title. Where I was like, okay, I get it. If you're playing devil's advocate, that makes complete sense. And I totally get it. However, when you are at that level, that's something that comes up in court and then you figure it out and keep going.
1: Right? I look because... at you and I both are like, the Supreme Court was wrong. <laughs>
0: <laughs> that's the hard part is I'm like, they weren't wrong. They just did half the work. Yeah, get your shit together, Supreme Court. They needed to be like, all right, and that's what we figured out. And now in six months, we'll come back.
1: Yeah. The other thing that I think is really interesting about it is that Justice Kennedy wrote this decision. And he also wrote the decision that gay marriage was legal. Which Mm -hmm. is why, to me, it's also kind of, they were trying to be like, well, it's not about the gays. It's like about this particular thing. Uh It would be hard to write a ruling that gay marriage is legal. And then to three years later be like, but they can't have cakes. Like such (laughs) a weird next azalea banks
0: okay i don't know how much you kept up with this i stopped eventually and then i just started reading headlines
1: i am a fan of azalea banks's music and, and
0: i am not
1: and i am also very attracted to azalea banks
0: and i am not
1: and i also worry about her a lot Mm -hmm. because of the things she's done on social media in the past. When our nemesis, Jimmy Kimmel, tweeted about Roseanne, he was like, oh, by the way, that's also something that happened this week is Roseanne. (laughs) (laughs) He was like, clearly Roseanne is mentally ill. We should lay off the racism. And that's stupid and wrong. Jimmy, shut the fuck up. But I do think that clearly Azalea Banks has mental health issues because it's not just like she, you know, called a black woman a monkey. She like repeatedly and not to like armchair diagnose her but like she repeatedly has sort of like outbursts that I think are dangerous to herself and others and so I worry about her this week basically I tried to get the timeline straight but I'm not sure if I did so basically Azalea tweeted that RuPaul had ripped off her song the big big beat And used it as call me mother. And she said she was contacting Spotify and Apple Music to take it down. I had never heard Call Me Mother, but I listened to it and I was like, they aren't the same song. So that is a fair point, Azalea. And then Azalea Banks, who I think people don't talk about enough, is an openly bisexual woman. So she can call me if she would like to, or she can slide into my DMs, Azalea, I'm available. She tweeted white gays always find a way to inject their selfish ass ideas about how queer people are supposed to be into everything i do why can't you all just go the fuck away same seriously black queer women have a different fucking life from gay white men stop trying to police my queer experience and tell me how to be which is a very good point yes the queer and trans community is not monolithic there's like a lot of different experiences that people don't take into account but my follow-up question is in what ways is that related to the
0: plagiarism of your song my thing with that i have to like toe the line when i say this but from what i get from it is that she maybe got a lot of hate to from drag race fans mm-hmm. but then that's also to say that all drag race fans are white
1: right which i it's not true so uh, that's
0: where i'm like uh
1: yeah, like, like it, song it,
0: aside, it's like a good point, but it's also it feels like a reach. That's a really good point for not this problem.
1: So then, is her name Monet Exchange like like money? Exchange? Yes. she came in and said to Azalea Banks, the LGBTQIA plus community is the only reason you have a career, which again is true. All of Azalea Banks's fans are. Queer. But like, again, it feels like this whole situation is just people really reaching. Basically, Azalea Banks says, like, not every queer person's experience is the same. And the Monet Exchange comes in and is like, every queer person is a fan of drag race. So stop <laughs> being mean to drag race. And it's like, wh- you, you guys maybe should like sit down and talk about this and not just like tweet
0: platitudes at each other. Yeah. And to I'm- be fair, I do love Monet Exchange. But when I saw the tweet, I was like, what?
1: And then it's also complicated by the fact that Azalea Banks has made transphobic comments in the past. Yeah. But in this particular instance, she wasn't doing that. My note that I wrote about it is everyone should just stay off of Twitter and go to therapy, <laughs> which I think is going to be my new motto, is just stay off of Twitter and go to therapy. <laughs> the other thing is Azalea Banks' Twitter got deactivated, which... <laughs> I do think it's kind of funny because that's like, I want to say it's like the eighth time that's
0: happened. Who deactivated it?
1: Twitter. Every so often she'll just have one of these moments and then Twitter will just shut her account down.
0: Uh, Remember that couple of hours where Trump didn't have a Twitter?
1: God, that was a blessed time. (laughs) (sighs) Anyway, so that's (laughs) Azalea Banks. Azalea Banks, if you ever need someone to talk to or to date i think i i do think she and i would get along
0: so i got a text from you and i was at work and it just said the star is born trailer is out with no exclamation no grammar besides that no all. no no. i had a period at the end of it because okay.
1: it was serious business
0: i was playing the harry potter game on my sure. phone and i started breathing really heavily my coworkers were like what's wrong are you okay and i didn't speak for about 30 seconds i like was opening youtube and i was finding it and i was like oh my god Oklahoma. and then i opened it and i was like the a born trailer is out and everyone went huh <laughs> and i played it and then work got busy and i was like absolutely not and so i paused it and then i played it and then work got busy and i paused it and i was like wow i will never watch this trailer and then i did <laughs> So that's the journey that I went on to watch this trailer, (laughs) which is a really great trailer. It's a great trailer. I'm very curious because... When you think about A Star is Born, you're like, Barbara Streisand, Judy Garland, and Lady Gaga, like, definitely, like, sure, fits into that group. But just, like, the style that it's being done in and the way that it's being marketed, I was like, oh, huh, that's not where I saw this going. Yeah, it's a true genre shift for that story. <laughs> and when it was like, oh, being done by A24, I was like, well, I do usually really like a 24s films but like this isn't like warner brothers or like yeah the one thing that i will stand on what what's the phrase like uh, stand on the hill die on the hill for or whatever it is (laughs) die
1: on the hill for or Um, a hill you'll die on the
0: hill that i will die on not say that i'm above everyone else Okay. (laughs) But there is a large population of not even gay social media, just social media people, people that have social media, if you will, um, that did not like Joanne and then have been blasting all of these articles about like how terrible it was for the producers and the directors filming the movie and how hard it was to make the movie the like live recording and singing wasn't going well and how they had to change directors and like all this stuff and everyone was like it's going to be a mess it's going to be awful and then there was that one glimmering article that was like the trailer for a star is born like premiered at sundance and everyone loved it and cried and i was like uh-huh and now the trailer's out and everyone's flipping out about it and i'm like whoa 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 where have you guys been this entire time. You were not allowed to jump on the a Star is born bandwagon, having shit talked it for the past like year and a half.
1: That is fair. You have been excited about this movie for a long time.
0: And not to say that I am its only fan. I would say for a while that was true. And I got like genuinely mad when people were like, Oh my god, this looks amazing. Like, I can't wait for it. And I was like, Oh really? <laughs> and that's what I have to say about a star is born. <laughs> Oh also my thought process while watching the trailer half of the trailer is just Bradley Cooper and Bradley Cooper singing and I was like okay great you're gonna market Lady Gaga's quote unquote star vehicle with just Bradley Cooper singing and then all of a sudden she comes in and I was like there she I verbally out loud went there she is. (laughs) Also, there's an article where Bradley Cooper went to her and he was like, you're going to sing live, but I'm going to be pre-recorded. And Gaga was like, absolutely not. You're going to be live as well. And like helped him basically learn how to sing. And he sounds good. He does sound good. I was expecting like a Russell Crowe situation where you can tell that he's afraid that he's singing. But he I'm very interested in this and I cannot wait for Gaga to win Grammys and Oscars for this. Yeah, here's my question:
1: Where do we think Gaga's going next?
0: I had this conversation with people at work today because there was an article around when Jesus Christ Superstar Live was coming out. (laughs) There was an interview with John Legend, and he was like, "All I'm going to say is I know where the base in my egot is." And I was like, "Okay, that is a very kind way of saying I'm doing this for the egot." (laughs) And I think that Gaga. Someone went to Adele and was like, "All you really need to do is write a musical," and she was like what am I just gonna write a musical I can't do that I'm never gonna do that because I'm not good at it and I feel like Gaga is the kind of person that always raises the bar for herself like once she achieves a goal and it's something that I really admire about her like once she achieves a goal she immediately sets a higher goal for herself whether she comes out and says it or not so I think you know when she won the Emmy she was like all right next I'm gonna be an Oscar award winning person and then she was snubbed at the Oscar that one year when she sang the song about it could happen to you and then was snubbed by this song from james bond which why are we still giving james bond songs oscars
1: don't forget sam smith was the first gay person to ever win an oscar
0: sorry i'm getting very worked up about this. i know so i feel like she was like well if i'm not gonna win it with just writing a song i guess i'm gonna show everybody how great i am in acting because i went to where'd she go NYU. she went
1: to NYU for like 20 minutes
0: yeah and she's gonna be like i'm a new yorker and new yorkers know how to act and my favorite shot which is now my cover photo on facebook of her like single tier Wearing what I assume to be a wedding dress, I was like, she is going to win the Oscar. Do you have more to say? Um, yes. One thing. I feel like the only way that she won't win the Oscar is if something else comes that's like going to win the Oscar. You remember my week with Marilyn? I do. I was like, wow, Michelle Williams is going to win the Oscar. And then like four other girls came along or women with like incredible roles. And I was like, uh, there it goes. Here's my other question
1: about the trailer. What is going on with Gaga's eyebrows?
0: Same question because they seem to be drawn on in one part of the trailer, which makes me yeah. think that she's maybe like a speakeasy performer and she she just like goes hard or like maybe she's a burlesque performer and so she shaves them and pencils them on and then Bradley Cooper comes in and is like no 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 we're going to fix this <laughs> but then they are then different later in the trailer god i love her she's going to be so great and this means that we'll get 7 to 8 more red carpet looks from her because her actress red carpet looks are stunning
1: oh the literally one last thing that's kind of a fun remember that kid with the gay moms who went viral for being like i love my gay moms oh yeah he might be in the iowa state senate he just won the primary
0: oh wow isn't that great that's really cool
1: so anyone with gay moms can do anything
0: i mean hey look at cynthia nixon she doesn't have gay moms but she is a gay mom she's a bisexual mom That's true.
1: This Hey, this might be the last time our listeners ever hear from me. Oh, yeah? Yeah, because tonight we're seeing Ocean's 8.
0: Oh, that's true. I can't wait for Anne Hathaway to be stand by the entire gay community again.
1: Yeah, I can't wait to have been on the Anne Hathaway train for five years by myself and finally to have people join me again.
0: Wow, I can't believe that a star is born and Anne Hathaway are the hills that we're going to die on. Wow.
1: (laughs) (laughs) I mean, look, I've said it before and I'll say it again. The two things in my life I'm proudest of are that I never gave up on Anne Hathaway and Carly Rae Jepsen. Okay, we have to stop because this episode is a full hour long. Mm
0: -hmm. Girl, where do you think I'm going? Okay, bye. Bye. Bye.